podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Better sleep means a better you. That's why Mattress Firm stands behind the rest assured promise. Featuring the best mattresses from America's top rated brands like the Temper Breeze Collection. And save up to $500 on premium adjustable mattress sets. Plus, get a $300 instant gift with your purchase, good towards sleep accessories. Shop Tempur-Pedic, Stearns & Foster and more with our sleep experts today to get your best sleep only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. Visit mattressfirm.com for complete details. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 Daily. We have a, a few special guests on with us tonight. We're joined by a usual face, Grizz. Grizz, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I thought I was going to be the special guest introduction, but it's okay. Carry on. Well, we know you are Dyson with um, your, your mic situation. We say we let you introduce yourself oh, yeah. in case you fall exactly. off. So, uh, Just in case I F off, yeah. No, yeah, so. it's good. Good, good to no, get good. you. Yeah, so um, all good with Grizz. Um, we've got Callum Sanderson from the Coppish Podcast. Callum, thanks for joining us. How's things with yourself? Yeah, really good, thank you. Thanks very much for having me on. Really appreciate it. No, not at all. It's good to get a few different voices on here. And speaking of different voices, we have Man United fan Terry Flowers from the Football Terrace Pod. Terry, how are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Two weeks until the Premier League restarts and uh, cannot wait. Especially as we're going to see Arsenal get slapped by City as well, so it's, uh, <laughs> it, it is. It's you know, it, it's getting exciting now, isn't it? You know, the the little bits that are coming out, we're seeing. You know, teams going back training. Liverpool, for example, had the the eleven against eleven at Anfield the other day, and it's just getting that bit closer. You know, the friendlies are getting past to allow them to have friendlies within so many miles and all that. So it looks like it's it's setting up. Another round of testing results came out today. I see only one player, someone from Spurs, um, tested positive. But, you know, the numbers are so low that it's, you know, it's good. You know, we can't complain about that. But, um, no, it'll be interesting to get it back. You know, it's good to have something to look at and, what will it look like? Do you know what I mean? What are we going to be watching? Are we going to be watching football as we know it? Or are we going to be watching glorified training sessions? Have you been watching much of the Bundesliga since it's come back? Yeah, yeah I have. It's drab. It's drab. <laughs> it's, the, it's drab. It's, uh, yeah, I, I, I miss the Premier League. I respect German football, but I miss the Premier League a lot. Oh, Grizz has dropped out there. We'll let him come back in a second. Yeah, it's unusual. You know, people are saying, you know, they miss the Premier League and it's different. The quality in the Bundesliga is probably not what they're used to, but it's, you know, it's football at the end of the day. We've been that long starved without it that it's um, it's good to get something back, isn't it? Grizz, yeah, back with us. How's the sound now? Um, yeah, it's 50-50, man. Um <laughs> We done the testing. Everything was fine. We spoke about the the weather and all sorts. And now when we yeah. get to the serious stuff about football, it's playing out. 
This is live, please. This is live. Sorry, guys, if I have to pull out, but at the moment, it's fine. No, no, yeah, no, man. you're good. No, all right, all right. good. You know, the, a lot of the comments you know, are asking, Grizz. A lot of the lads in the comments are wondering where the ice cream is. They think that could be what's what's the death knell you here. You're not starting off with an yeah. ice cream. <laughs> Usually that's your... Uh, possibly, that's the shot. That could be it. So, um, yeah, Terry, you'll be no stranger. Chat, yeah. yeah, exactly. Terry, you'll be no stranger to some of our listeners in any way because I know Gav has done a, a few shows with you and, um, you know, it'll be interesting to get an angle that's not Liverpool orientated, you know, that way. And Grizz was the one who actually thought it'd be nice to get a, another voice from another team. So, you know, thanks for coming on. It's not going to be a... You know, a passion or Liverpool crown, you know, there'll be none of that. There might be a bit of that, but you know, we'll keep it to a minimum. Um, I expect it. I, I always find this with socials. I I get more offended at people that get offended by rivalry, rivals being insulted with each other. Like Liverpool lose the Champions League final, I am laughing, and I get, I, and I would expect you guys to laugh at us if we lose one. I get really weirded out by people like, how dare you laugh at a rival losing a final? It's like, what? what? Yeah, who, exactly. Who, your dad needs a slap, mate. <laughs> I don't know how he you up. <laughs> or supporting, like, just because Liverpool are there, I'm sure you're not putting the Liverpool top on and supporting <laughs> Liverpool, you know? So, I, I'd look wear a it's... German shirt if it meant Liverpool losing. So, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and you know what? That's, that's the word, all the same, you know what I mean? And that's, that's the thing. I've said it before um, to me. Man United, I'm not a fan by any stretch of the imagination, but they the only other club that really counts in England as far as I'm concerned. All the other clubs are they're not on the same scale as Liverpool. You know, we'll go through with dip, you guys will be on top, you will go through with dip, we'll be on top. Very cyclical with the two clubs and very similar, you know that way. So look, I've a lot of res- lot of respect and a lot of time for Man United fans, but I don't expect any um, you know, platitudes or anything like that from you. You know, you are you are your fans and his love is our team and that's it the same as ourselves at the end of the day so here's Grizz coming back in again now he's having an absolute stinker here <laughs> Grizz change of position could be what you needed my man this could be it <laughs> yeah this could be my like you know the Steven Gerrard dropping back into sort of deep midfield this could yeah. be the turning point lads well, <laughs> that's much just... be- that's much better actually I think we've got it Sorry, good stuff, guys. Good stuff. No, good no, no. You're good. You're good. No comments about making sure he doesn't slip or anything um, with guys. the Gerard reference there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We keep that to a minimum. That's it. Get in there before him. So, folks, <laughs> what we're going to do, what we're going to do tonight, just for a bit of form, we're going to go through the, the 20 clubs in the Premier League. We're going to rank how the managers have performed. How, you know, we have some managers overperformed, have some managers underperformed. You know, what? what's their... Um, expectations like at the start of the season what have their resources been like how have they managed through situations you know so we'll just go through you can go any way as want but i was just going to do the current managers of the teams but i know there's some of them like um pearson at watford isn't there that long and there's a few of them that aren't arteta isn't there that long so if you want to go with for example arsenal as a whole look that's up to yourselves we can talk through it and i thought we'd go from 20th to first and just sort of go through who we'd um who we think has been the worst up to the best if that's okay which is ourselves now terry i've seen gav on your pod <laughs> and you've had fancy graphics and all this sort of thing there'll be none of that here so it's just going to be pen and paper stuff so uh, Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong we, with just, that. we might just need to memorize what we're putting in and i'll make a note of it as we go so gentlemen 
who do we feel has been the worst manager or worst performing or underperforming manager so far this season? Now, Callum, we'll start with you on this uh, and we'll just go around. Yeah. We'll all give an opinion. But who do you think has been has been the, the, the worst of all? This is actually, it's quite a tough one because it's, it's very easy to turn around and say, well, whoever's bottom of the league has been the worst manager. However, mm. Norwich are bottom at the moment. I genuinely don't think he's been the worst manager in the league because you have to look at expectations. You also have to look at positioning as well. No one expected Norwich to come up and stay up, in my opinion, yeah. anyway. So they're kind of where they meant to be considering they haven't spent loads of money, but they've pretty much come up with a team that got them through promotion. So I, I wouldn't say him. Villa, Villa spent quite a lot of money. So you look at them. Um, but then again, do you have to go into the top half of the league and maybe look at some of your, your underperformers. Again, Ancelotti's quite new at Everton, but you look at Everton for the money they spent and I know it's going to seem like I'm bashing them because they're a rival or or they like to think we're rivals. But <laughs> I I mean, they, they, they genuinely, in my opinion, did underachieve massively until Ancelotti got there because the money they spent, the squad that they've built up over the last couple of years, you look at players like Sadibi, uh, Luca Dean, um, Yeri Mina, like some of the, the money they've spent it rivals sort of your top your top six, your top four clubs. However, Ancelotti's not there either. So I think in terms of the worst manager, Terry, you're gonna No, I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. Um <laughs> <laughs> almost had you there. <laughs> almost had you there. Terry actually knows I don't actually hate Solskjaer, so um I think I may go with would I be cheating if I went with Everton's ex-manager or Everton as a whole? Look, you can go where you want and we'll see what the lads think, you know. Um, if you, It's a tough one going with Everton. It seems like an early blow at the start, you know. But If you're going to buy that logic, if I look at that, I actually don't think there's anything wrong with your logic. If we're going to go by that logic where teams are from expectations, mm. Tottenham have got to be bottom. Because they were Champions League final. Yeah. Yep. On a value basis, the fourth most valuable squad in the world um, going into the start of the season with Poch. He flopped and Jose hasn't done much better. I would honestly put Tottenham bottom of the pile for underachievers and both managers just at, for whatever reason, have had stinkers yeah. of a season. Yeah, that's a shout, Terry. See, I've I think, got I think, honest. I've, yeah, I think, I think Terry's a, I think Terry's got a shout there. Yeah. And, Probably, if, if we were doing it, if we were doing it as a, a combination of club and coach, then I think Spurs would definitely be in the bottom two, three. And I also, and I know Keith's gonna take the piss, but I know what Callum's saying about uh, the Norwich manager because, yeah, I get that Norwich are bottom, and the you know, and the you know, it's easy to say the Norwich manager, what an awful manager. But I've always believed as a coach, I always got more time for coaches that, that try to play and try to create as opposed to the managers that try to destroy and just defend their way out of trouble. Do you know what I mean, guys? Yeah. Like, like you can get, um, a, a, let me use an example of, I don't know, who's that? Sean Dyche, right? He's the sort of the, the opposite of a Daniel Fark, you know, he's, he's like, you know, block up teams, play to a percentage, play within his limitations. 
but that also could be construed as clever, te- uh, clever management, like know his limits, you know, and make sure survival at all costs is the main thing. Whereas, whereas the Norwich guy, you know, a lot of their games they create chances, and in my opinion, it's much harder. It's one of the hardest things to do to create chances, and I think that's testimony to a coach that can 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 sort of create chances with a limited team, limited talent of player against the top teams. For example, Norwich created tons of loads against us. You know, they beat City, a few other scalps as well. So I don't think necessarily Farke goes right at the bottom, but that's just my opinion. Well, do you know, it's funny you say that because when I was thinking about doing this, I'd said it to Grizz, I approached Grizz because I, and it was, is Daniel Farke a sort of a, appreciation that I knew would be would be at the fore of this. And I agree, to be totally honest with you, like Norwich started the season, they did an awful injury crisis as well. And they did, they put up to us in the first game and they went on and they, they've had some good performances, but they just don't have the resources. Um, and I think that's one of the things with Farkas. So I certainly wouldn't have him on the bottom. Do you know what I mean? I think Terry, I think your shout was spot on there. I think Spurs have been absolutely woeful. And the lads on the one of the day trippers pods the other night were looking back at the Champions League final last year and they mentioned about what went wrong at Spurs and their opinion. You know, Pochettino leading into the final was talking about he'd quit if if they won it, you know, and it just seemed that he lost the trust of the, the players, the owners, the fans. He seemed to lose, lost it with everyone there. And that carried into the season. You know, Liverpool the year before lost the Champions League final, but they had a plan and they, they went on and they, they improved and they executed that plan and have gone on again, whereas Spurs have just fallen off a cliff, um, which is very, very unusual. And then they bring in Mourinho, who, you look, you guys have had at United, Terry, you've, you've seen firsthand what he can do. Well, I don't think you have, and that's the problem. <laughs> Mourinho is a bit yesterday's man. So do, do, you, do you think they should be bottom of the pile here or are we going to go over an individual or what do we think? I mean, they're there. I mean, you could probably look at, I mean, Watford have got a shout of being at the bottom with the fact that they had Garcia and then went back to uh, Flores. Yeah. Again, Like that, that's just crazy management as a club. Um, I mean, you've got West Ham with David Moyes is another good yeah. shout. I mean, they've just been, it's been dog. I mean, it's been absolute dog breath the whole time. Like, there's nothing <laughs> good. Yeah. And, and I know a lot of people throwing in the comments, oh, you know, Tottenham are only four points behind Man United. That's true, but Poch and 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 Jose regard. I mean, they regard their level of being regarded. What well, they're two or three tiers above Oli. So you expect, yeah, in front. And the squad was voted better. Like Man United are pretty much where most expected them to be. Most rival fans said we wouldn't make top four. So you, you, it's like, okay, well, if we're not going to make top four. And we're only fifth. Then you were right. Thus, we're where you said. But yeah. Yeah. I find with the no, that that is fair enough. That is fair enough, Terry. You know, it's it's you know expectation at you know it wasn't that they're going to be challenging. Whereas I think Spurs, a lot of people thought they would have been much closer than what they are. I mean, you look at the league table; like they're down in eight. You know, it's it's madness. I'm going to put myself on blast here because I know someone in the comments may potentially do it if I don't. So I thought I get to them first. I actually at the beginning of the season predicted Spurs to finish above Liverpool. Wow! Yeah, I know. I thought I thought I'd get out of there just in case anyone else did. Um, yeah, because I I thought because we didn't add anyone of note in the summer, and obviously we just come off the back of the Champions League final where it wasn't a game where we blew them out of water. We beat them two nil, but it wasn't a two nil game in my opinion. Um, and the fact they added a couple of players as well, I thought they would have really kicked on this season. And yeah, they they definitely didn't, which 
makes me happy because we're still top of the league. But nice yeah, yeah, I've got. I've, I think I've got to change my mind and go with Terry. Bringing up with what Tottenham said. Oh, Keith Gunn's just oh, now. I think Liz is after putting the markers on us here with his uh, his dodgy <laughs> connection. <laughs> so, sorry, what was that, Callum? You were saying, um, yeah, I think I'm after what Terry said. I I've kind of, I still have Everton in my bottom, in my bottom three, but from what you said about Tottenham, yeah, you have to think to go from Champions League finalists to absolutely nothing to play for now, pretty much yeah. says a lot. Yeah, it is. They've fallen off a cliff there, haven't they? So look, we can, we can pencil them in here on a, you know, Jose, Poch and Spores as a collective as the biggest underachievers. And look, I don't think there's too much of an argument on that. Put Spores in here. Now, one of the names I got mentioned a minute ago, to me, one of the biggest underachievers. Well, I'm going to group these two together. Um, West Ham with Moyes have been deplorable because of the money they've spent. But it wasn't all Moyes. Was he was he in that start of the season or did Pellegrini start the season? Pellegrini did start. Pellegrini started. Yeah. Pellegrini did, yeah. So I can't blame Moyes on but it, it's just it's it's a, an appointment by West Ham as a board that I just came I didn't understand what they were thinking. What was their logic behind the point and someone like David Moyes? He seems to be so far away from the the modern game you know he's he's a manager from a different time nearly and it's not that long ago that his dogs of war were kicking lumps out of teams around um goodison and that but it, it seemed a weird appointment but they've invested a lot but one team that have done like you mentioned dean smith or aston villa they have spent a ferocious amount of money in the summer and what have they signed you know the, the players they brought in they spent about 90 million making loan deals of players that got them out of the championship permanent. And it was just money down the drain. You know, they're a team essentially that's Jack Grealish. And if he's not taking for them, there's very little else happening. So I, I think, you know, I know that down there in the, in the league in anyway, but I would be looking at them as, as some of the bottom feeders now for the next positions. Um, does anyone have an opinion on either of those? Terry? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're down there. If they were second bottom or third, but yeah, anywhere around there, I'm I'm comfortable with. They've been awful. The David Moyes, David Moyes is a little like Jose after after Real Madrid scarred. David Moyes, the, the Man United experience, the way he flopped, the way he just it, it's destroyed him. He, I think he is. Mm. You know, like when a boxer loses their punch resistance and their chin's gone. Like yeah. he, he's punch drunk, he's gone. Like it's just the worst appointment. And you go for a Pellegrini, it didn't work. But Pellegrini's got a style of play that's more progressive, that, that's more uh, set in the future. How West Ham fans want to play, it's a little like when Southampton, who had all those progressive managers, went for Mark Hughes. It, it's it yeah. was just a weird move, doesn't make any sense. So yeah, I mean, I, we'll see what Callum's got to say, but I'm more than happy for him to be second or third bottom, definitely. Yeah, Callum. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with West Ham. In terms of Aston Villa, uh, is it being a bit cheeky to talk about their, their League Cup run? Because, <sighs> I mean, getting to the final, I mean, they, they beat Leicester in the in the semis. Beat you. I mean... <laughs> 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 we're even, we're even. 
<laughs> the history books. That's the thing with history books. In Twenty years yeah, time. Gonna... Oh, I beat the great Liverpool team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Batter them, batter them five nil. <laughs> but I mean, even in the final, you look at the final. City really only won that game from a goal that they shouldn't really have got. I mean, they should. They won a corner that shouldn't have been a corner, and they they scored from the the corner. But I mean. Is it cheating to look at their their cup run and, and sort of weigh that into the Premier League? I mean, because I mean, them getting to a, a final is is a big achievement in my opinion. A team that's just come up, we know they've got a massive a massive history and a massive following. But what they are as a team now and where they stand in English football for them to get to a final, I think is is commendable to be honest. Yeah, it's true. I would, I would, put, I would put Villa above. Everton that you mentioned, Callum, I'd put them above West Ham. I'd probably put them above Watford as well I, because of the mismanagement of the club. It's, it's kind of hard, yeah. as you say, to judge. Like, I actually think Nigel Pearson's yeah. a really good manager. I actually think yeah. he, he's... he's uh, we'll go on to Chris Wilder later, but I think there's similarities there and because they're, they're, they're sort of like old-fashioned looking Northern men. They almost get put into the Allardyce box without people knowing yeah. what they're really about, if that makes sense. But um, yeah. I, yeah, I would put Villa a little higher. Yeah, it's, it's a harsh one, I suppose, when you look at the, the stuff they've done outside of their league form and they have suffered with a lot of injuries as well. Um, there's so many teams down here. I mean, could we look at Arsenal as being an absolute basket case? They're down the well? bottom. They're down you the know, bottom. Like, I was just it's about to say. Low-hanging fruit, isn't it? But, you know, they've been so mismanaged and misrun. They're the team that... I can't get my head around Arsenal. They're an absolute conundrum to me. They they had a good setup there with Arsene Wenger and the fans got pissed off. Emery came in. They ran him out of town. They bring in Freddie Lomborg like he was the second coming. Didn't have a clue. Got rid of him. And now they've got in Arteta. And if you listen to an Arsenal fan, they'll tell you he's the best manager in Europe and they're on to something. And Obama Yang is the best striker in Europe. And it's I just can't get through the logic of the of Arsenal fans. But they've been absolute they're one of the worst run clubs in the Premier League. Yeah, you know, it's crazy about it. At the beginning of the season, we have a lot of gooners <laughs> come on the channel. I let, you know it's one of those moments where I just thought, I'm gonna let them gas themselves. I'm gonna let them talk themselves up. I was even spinning their propaganda talking about best that third best strike force in the league. <laughs> I, would, I would put that out as a, as a cool of, I'll keep telling them that as well. And when it all goes wrong, because this is what they were saying to me, we've got a superior manager to, to Man United, like Emery versus is, is Oli is yeah. no contest. We've got a better squad and we've had a much better transfer window than you. We are top four is like a guarantee. We're back type. That, that was a notion. You didn't get that level of confidence from all United fans. I thought we'd be better this season than we have been, by the way. And I'll be very fair when it comes to Oli's assessment soon. Yeah. But with the way they've done, they've got rid of they've got rid of Unai Emery. And the Arteta thing's interesting because he worked under Pep. There's this assumption that he's going to be like Pep. But listen, Brian Kidd wasn't anything like Fergie. McLaren wasn't anything like Fergie. Uh, Carlos Quios wasn't anything like Fergie. So this this kind of notion that because you were somebody's AM, you're going to be a brilliant um, manager is weird. And Arteta might be brilliant. But a lot of people right now are cashing huge checks, and I don't know if they've got the funds to for them to clear. Yeah. There's a lot of bounce checks coming in again, but I would say Arsenal are definitely in the bottom six. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. They're definitely down there. Callum, what are you thinking? Terry put it perfectly. I mean, I've got a lot of friends who are Arsenal fans, and when they signed Pepe, I just, my phone was just inundated because obviously Liverpool were linked with Pepe quite loosely in the summer as well. And all I got was, yep, yeah, we got Pepe. You ain't got the pulling power anymore. Arsenal are back. 
Then they've got David Luiz and they're like, yep, yep, he's Chelsea's best defender, but we got him. He wants to stay in London. He just he fell out of Lampard. And I was thinking, okay, so you've got Pepe, who, if you break down his stats in France, scored more goals from the penalty spot than yeah. open play. Yeah. Then you look at Lacazette. Goal. Yeah, you look at Lacazette, who I actually think is very talented, but he goes with massive goal droughts. And then you look at Aubameyang, who is a world-class finisher, but that's all he has to his game. And then you look at their midfield, which is has got more holes than a sieve. You look at their defence and you think David Luiz and Socrates against the likes of any team in Europe with a bit of power and speed is going to give mm. you problems. Then Bellerin wasn't fit. They were playing Maitland-Niles right back. They signed Tierney, who was injured, ended up having to play Kalasnak there, got injured, having to play Saka there. And I'm thinking, so Arsenal automatically think they're going to finish top four. Yeah. I've got people saying that Arsenal had the best front three. They yeah. said that Lacazette's better than Firmino, Aubameyang's better than Mane, and Pepe's not better than Salah yet, but he will be in a season. Uh, and I was just like, I can't speak to these people. It's I crazy. can't. Do you know what's crazy about those kind of claims? You're, you're my biggest rivals, and I'm respectful still to Liverpool, because I, what I won't do is disrespect top-class players. And... I know a lot of people, oh, you disrespect Hazard. No, I don't. I just say that Hazard isn't as good as Messi and Ronaldo. Like with, with Mane, everyone knows how much I love Mane and Fabinho. And you can watch videos from three or four years ago where I was begging my club to sign them. So I'm not going to suddenly hate them the other way around. But Arsenal fans got gas. And if we are looking at outside Premier League competition, like we did with, with Villa, the way they embarrassingly got dumped out of the Europa League by Olympiacos, that's just another, do you get what I mean? That's another moment where you just think to yourself, yeah, that's, a, that's another reason for you to be down by the bottom because you were through and then Olympiacos scored that goal. And even then, your guy, the best striker in the Premier League, had a, an open goal and he, he put it wide. Like, uh, I'm sorry, that's you know, if that fell to Mane in that situation, if that fell to Rashford, that's a goal. And, and, yeah. we're, and we're, we're, we're just not 100%, but those boys, yeah, Arsenal are dead out here. Top bottom six, 100%, in my opinion, along with Tottenham, yeah. North London. Yeah, <laughs> North London in the house. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it is so true you know that they've seriously underachieved so we're going through a lot of the um the you know the the bad ones so do we want to throw some of these in position so we've got spores rock bottom are we happy to keep them there yeah yeah and then who do we want to go second well second last everton everton yeah everton Right, that's fine with me. We won't get much argument on that. <laughs> and then where are we going now? West Ham or Watford? West Ham. Or, uh, or Norwich? I'd go West Ham because of West, the expectation yeah. and the money. I know Moyes didn't spend it, but he spent a lot of money on Aller, on Fornals. You know, they moved, they have, I know they moved into the stadium a while ago, but they thought this was the year they were going to kick on and all, and they've been absolute muck. So I'd, I'd like to throw them in there as well. And I'm not a big Karen Brady fan after I carry on as well about null and void. And the well, West Ham fans makes me laugh. If they all go on about you can't create an atmosphere in that stadium. Yeah. I was there on the Super Sunday, Super Saturday, where we won three gold medals in the space of half an hour. And let me tell you, that place was rocking. Atmosphere so was okay, was it? Oh, it, was, <laughs> it being in Stratford, where I grew up as well, like, I had tears in my eyes most of that. Actually, the whole two weeks, I was just like emotional because it was like my little town in London has, has got this big major event. 
But the atmosphere was one of the best I've ever experienced. So whenever a West Ham fan say you can't get an atmosphere there, I'm like, no, no, you're not creating the atmosphere. It's not yeah. the stadium's just an empty vessel. If you want to make a noise, you can. But you know, it's them, you know, they met jelly deals are wearing you down, boys. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'd have to say that because it winds me up when I say there's no atmosphere there. I saw that one of the best nights of my life in that building. And uh yeah, it's great. But this is it, yeah. I mean, it's it's they seem to be just reaching to their excuse book for everything they can get. And uh, look, they went from Upton Park, which was in the back streets, which had the intimidating atmosphere, to a stadium out in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, what can you do? It's they, you're going to lose something, and it's up to them to try and generate. It. And they just haven't done it. They just look to use it as an excuse constantly. So look, we'll put them in the bin as well. They can go into eighteen. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're unreal, unreal. So we'll go then next 17th, just above the relegation. Do you want? I don't think Norwich should be down this low. Yeah, I'd, I'd I like to keep Norwich Arsenal. out. Arsenal, Arsenal. Yeah, go but for he, it. Olympia. They, they go on about Arteta. Yeah, they go on about Arteta. He hasn't lost many games. He hasn't won many either. You know, he's drawn a lot of games and then lost them yeah. in silly games in the cups and all that. Arsenal stuff. fans love doing that, don't they? Was it twelve draws? The invincible season, supposedly the greatest Premier League. Yeah, team yeah. yeah, yeah. They're not even it's, top five. I wouldn't even put them in the top seven Premier League teams of all time. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy how it can be perceived, isn't it? You know, it's they, they were a good team. I mean, I suppose all football back then, it was a different time. It was, yeah. you know, big, strong teams going hell for leather at each other. But when you look back at it, yeah, 12 draws. It's an awful lot of draws. But there you go. It's they got the title, the invincible, so we can't really uh, knock them for that. Um, Ontario, now you're keen on Watford in here. Does Nigel Pearson get them a reprieve, or are we going to throw them in at sixteen? I feel like he, because of how bad the bit, it's a bit of a club thing. Pearson I, yeah. I, just hasn't quite been there a lot. Oh, do you know what though? They did the beat. They did stop you yeah, being. I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> yeah, he gets a reprieve. Yeah, he does. Like, he just officially <laughs> voted as the best moment of the season, which is mad. Yeah. So mad. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we have to hold our hands up to that because we hijack them votes all the time. So there's no way yeah, to yeah. put our hands up on that one. Yeah. Take our licks. Um, so we'll, we'll, Royce, what do we think? Watford in here at 16. And just want to go yeah. Norwich then at 15. Yeah, 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 and probably followed by Aston Villa. Yeah, now well, should should Villa be higher than or lower than Norwich then? With that cup sort of set up, oh, I forgot. Yeah, the cup. Yeah, what yeah. about yeah. now? One team that I think are sneaking under the radar here, and it's right. typical now, Bournemouth. Eddie Hale, yes. right? You know, you're right, you're right, because yeah, they they're, they're team all... for the moment, yeah, and yeah. they get like a lot. It's weird, they kind of. I know they're small and they're tiny, but because they've played good football for a few years, nobody seems to want to criticise Eddie Howe. Yeah. You know, I mean, Arsenal fans wanted him, remember? Jeez. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard, though, because we've obviously put two of the big boys down there, so it's yeah. bumped everybody up. Yeah. And then you've also got Brighton as well with, with um, what's his face? Uh, yeah. I don't think he's done that bad. To be no. I just think it was, yeah, he's, he's on a bit of a hide into nothing, isn't he? Because people yeah. are unhappy that Chris Hewton was sacked, but that's kind of not Potter's fault, if that yeah. makes sense. He, he went, oh, sack him and give me a job. Yeah. Uh, but I, 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 what? I think we should throw Eddie Howe down, down there, maybe just in front of Norwich, because obviously Norwich are bottom, so they can't, he can't be too high. I can't say he's like the 10th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. we'll throw Norwich into 15, will we? 
and we'll put Bournemouth at 14. Yeah. Yeah. Probably followed by Brighton, would you say? Yeah. Um, Southampton, I know they've had a resurgence, but let's, let's not forget, they, they took a hiding at the beginning of the season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, just don't really do though, hasn't he, old um, um, Hasselhoff? Hasselhoff? Yeah. Or Hasselhoff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, he's just giving him a new deal. So, yeah, I mean, they don't. He has turned it around. Yeah, yeah well, I think that's where he needs to be congratulated. Like when you've had a bad start, and you, it's very rare in modern day football for a manager to have a bad start and then have a, a drumming or look like it's over and then yeah. start to turn it around. I think that needs to be congratulated, and that is obviously yeah. a loaded comment for later. So, <laughs> oh no way. Um, so yeah, Southampton is a Southampton are a tough one. I know they are down there, but he, he hasn't held. They got who was it that hammered them? Was it Leicester? Wallet them? Yeah, nine um, nil. Nine nil. You, you're on the back of a nine nil. It's like right, it's lights out. But he did turn it around. Now Danny Ings came in and starts scoring goals for them. And if you have a goal scorer down that end of the table, it'll get you. You know, cover a multitude of sins. Um, but I think he's a decent manager, Hassan Hiltle, and I think he's yeah. one of these. I think he's is one that has, you know, will change the training methods and change the diet stuff that Southampton are doing. And it might just take a while to translate into that form, you know. So, I'd, I'd, so we'll go Brighton after Bournemouth. So, Graham Potter can go in there and go with Brighton. And then we'll go Southampton. Yeah, sorry, just, just sticking on Southampton, should we commend their um, the way the clubs run as well for, for sort of taking that stance and, and sticking with Hassel Hooten? Because a lot it, of other yeah. clubs that have just got rid, they would have, it's I think, so they would have fallen into the pressure. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, not so, and Southampton have been doing this for years as well. They've just been avoiding, I mean, we're obviously guilty of taking their best players, but they've just constantly been recycling the squad constantly been in my opinion overachieving and I think they're doing it at the moment as well I mean Southampton should probably be given a, a Premier League winners medal this year really they should just get given <laughs> one the club do you know what I mean like uh, Vela, uh, half of the, not half of the club, but you know what I mean no they do and I think they had, they had a little wobble where Husey came in and I love Sparky like he's a United legend but he, he isn't it wasn't the right kind of manager it's very strange so They've turned it around. And I think when you get slapped like they did with eight, nine nil, they stick with the manager. I think it shows they have a vision. And that's where a lot of the top that's where Man United went wrong for so long. We kept on, oh, we have a rough patch. Let's get rid. Gather a rough patch. Let's get rid. Yeah. Rather than saying let's push through this rough patch, show faith in the manager, allow no player power, and see if we come out the other end better. And it looks like it's going to work for Southampton because they I think they're run before the end of this thing was suspended. I mean their run wasn't that great. The last five games, only one win in their last um yeah. in their last five. But up until that point, yeah, they've been they've, they've done all right. And I don't think they'll go down. So No, I don't think so either. So we can go um we still have to throw Villa in somewhere. Um <laughs> Do we yeah. go above Southampton or below them? I think below Southampton. Yeah, I think below. There are the nine so, points behind them in the league. Well, the nine points of a game in hand. If they win their game in hand, they'd only be six points behind them, and they went to yeah. a final cup. And so yeah, they also on the back spend of only getting promoted. Then. That's true. They also yeah. spend a lot more money though. Yeah, yeah. So put them underneath. I'm I'm comfortable either way. Would yeah. I, 
We're going to die on that. So we go then. We go Villa. We go Southampton. Now, has anyone got an argument about putting Roy Hodgson tenth? Because that seems to be his aim every season, and seems to be where he's happy to get. Whether he's managing Crystal Palace or he's managing Liverpool, he just seems to aim at the middle. And <laughs> yeah. So I don't think he'd be comfortable any higher because he'll start making excuses. <laughs> oh, I, I agree, really, because I kind of was thinking uh, Hodgson followed by Sean Dyche anyway. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then yeah. And actually, no, I would say actually, Steve. Because I wanted to put Steve Bruce above um, both Dyche and Hodgson purely on the basis that 99% of his fans didn't want him there. And he was on a, yeah. like a hide to nothing. And I think he's done really well considering the adversity that he faced when he went in. Because most managers get hate six months in, a year in. He was getting it from before he signed. And I just felt like it's just such a lack of respect. There really was. For yeah, him. no, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. I think he's he's been on um, an absolute poison chalice. And I know Newcastle have been a basket case, you know, with the ownership issues there. And they love Rafa. Rafa's gone. They bring in Bruce. He's, yeah. he's a journeyman at this stage, isn't he? He's, he's been around the houses. He's been at so many clubs. And I suppose they thought he were getting one thing and they've ended up getting getting another. You know, he hasn't been that bad. I think, yeah, he yeah. sneaks into the... Well, I think, as you say, it's expectations, isn't it? There was this, feel, oh, it will go straight down, like terribly low points. And he's done a lot better than people thought he would do. And yeah, yeah. it kind of reminds me of, you know, it's, it's like getting with a new girl and all she wants to talk about is her ex all the time. Yeah. It makes it hard for you to do your thing. We're at during <laughs> sex as well. So I don't want to know. <laughs> 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 way to perform. <laughs> the thing is though with um with steve bruce would you say it's more a case of the hate just spilled over from what the fans had for ashley because as you said keith raffle was loved there he was adored there so mm. it would be the same like for you terry let's say for example you sold pogba and you brought in i, I really don't want to be disrespectful saying the name but let's say you brought in lee catamol for pogba <laughs> yeah. there'd be few like, mate Mate, be, it, and you're not necessarily angry of Catamol. You're angry at the fact of you've sold one of the one of your best players for a player who's not kind of fit to lace their boots. In the same way, yeah. if we sold Mane and bought, I don't know, Redmond, for example. <laughs> I, I agree. I think also we managed Sunderland as well, and oh, I yeah, throw all those things. It's a bit, you know, when Chelsea got Rafa Benitez. The fans yeah, were angry yeah. because it was like we, you've gone for someone that we don't like. You've gone for someone that's marred in our eyes already, and and you and you've gone after him. And no, I get that. I just yeah, I just think he's done really well considering the fact that he's just been for me constantly abused by his own fans all season. And yeah. they're, they're going to get this takeover. They're going to become players. And even now, it's oh, good we can get rid of not from all people. I've had a, a few interviews with Steve Steve Rath, um, who's a great guy and really big Newcastle fan. He's been very respectful, but I've seen a lot. Was oh, good, we can get rid of him now. Like, Jesus yeah. Christ, like just relax. Give him a man. chance, yeah. You might it's actually real, yeah. Roots to stay for a year while the new owners find their feet and start to improve yeah. things. You know, I got told by this Newcastle fan that still, you know, like our clubs all have like chambers for ice baths and all this like top of the range stuff. The ice baths at Newcastle are paddling pools filled with cold water and ice. Like you're not going to sign top players until those things are improved. And you might <laughs> yeah. Year or so, even with that money, you know. So yeah. you know, you're gonna think people just slow down a minute, slow down. You're not gonna. Yeah. It took Man City what eight years to become like a. Well, it took them like a decade to become this dominant team they've been. So yeah. like, we need to just relax. 
Exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, before we go on, lads, I forgot to say this at the start. Just want to give a quick uh, shout out to our sponsor of the show, Paddy Power. So, Paddy Power is a bookie, a website, and an app. If you gamble, please do so responsibly and remember to do so with Paddy Power. So, we're in, t- we've put Palace as number 10 and we're now debating the top sort of teams that we have left. So, you know, I've, I've heard Deutsch getting a mention there and Bruce getting a mention. Um, I know we'll talk about Ole coming up as well. Now, someone that I think has really underperformed, he's not this low, is Pep Guardiola. For expectations and how the season has panned out. Um, so I want us to just bear him in mind as well, you know, when we're going up, you know. Yep. I don't want to leave it that he's up in the top three, you know, because, it, you know, I don't want to, to forget that he's he's had an absolute stinker of a season, no matter what happens. Um, but I think there are you know, circumstances that have, have sort of led to that. But again, I don't give him a pass on it, but we, we'll keep him in mind. So we're into the top 10. So, so far to run through, we've got Spurs at 20. Absolute muck. We've got Everton at 19, which is absolutely wonderful. We've West Ham, Arsenal, hilariously at 17. We've got Watford, Norwich, then Bournemouth, Brighton, Villa, Southampton and Palace. So that's where we made up our bottom 10. So we have a few that people might have thought would have been well down there, as we just spoke about Steve Bruce. Yeah. So we'll move into the top 10 now, boys. Who do you want to go with at number nine? Do you want to go with Deutsch at nine and with Bruce ahead of him? I think that's more than fair. I wouldn't have Deutsch much higher than, than nine. What do you think? I'd be comfortable with that personally. I, yeah, I think either so. way, I, 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 it, neither of those positions would, would offend me in either direction. Yeah, I mean, I think, where are they in the league? They're 10th, aren't they, at the moment, Burnley? Yeah, Burnley are 10th, yeah. Yeah. Um, they've, they've not done that, and good, they've not done that, and bad, you know, Deutsch has been Deutsch, and, you know, it is it is what it is with them, so I think ninth is a, a decent enough spot for him. Eight, are we going to go with Newcastle, or do you think, does, do you think Bruce deserves to be even higher than that for what he's done, what we've spoken to, the, the stuff he's been up against? Is there anyone else you think needs to be? I want to look at the rest of the people on the list. That's a problem. It's I, I, yeah. I couldn't argue him above everybody else. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I agree. So we go with Newcastle then, Steve Bruce and I. Which, in fairness, it's it's not a bad. Uh, it's a bit of recognition for him. He's not a manager that gets much, you know, neutral love. And uh, I think it's you know fair play. He's done a good job against the odds. What none of us probably seen coming. So yeah, fair play. I hope he's listening and he, he can sit down, have a cup of tea, and a little smile on his face for coming. Eat. Well done, Brucey. Well yeah. done, Brucey. Well, one of my, um, I'm a bit biased. So one of my, like obviously, he's a United legend, and he, he them goals against. I want to say Sheffield Wednesday. If I got that wrong, yeah. it was I, Wednesday. It was Wednesday. I was a kid, and yes. Yeah, Two of the, one of the happiest moments of my life. So yeah, he did that, and uh, you always got to back someone that gave you like that 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 moment in your life. So uh, yeah, couldn't agree number, more. Number seven. Number seven. Now, Terry. I'm, I, I, I'll say straight away. This is where I would put Ollie right now. This is this is where I have him Ooh. as well. Oh, this is both of you. Yeah, this is I, where I have him, and it's not a dig at him. It's not a dig at him. I think. I think he's done okay. I'm going to be honest. I think he's done okay. I think the expectation has been lowered at United and it's allowed him to go in and sort of do what he's done. If he had gone into the job earlier, I think he would have been run out of town. But he's spent a lot of money. He's trying to change it slowly. 
maybe seventh, maybe one position higher, maybe, but I think seventh is probably... When I look at the other guys that are left in here, I just think they've overachieved under the circumstances that Ole probably has. Yeah, I agree with that. I think with... Only my list would be lower if it hadn't have been for the the fact that we're still in the effort. Like we've gone, de- we're going deep into the FA Cup. Mm. Um, we're still in the Europa League, got a good chance in that, and we had that run from January until the season was suspended, where we were one of the best teams in the league. And that run in itself, as we said about Southampton having their runs, it was okay. Or well, that that from in my mind, in terms of what we're doing now, save that those three things save him. If, we, if we'd have done this list in January, I'd have put him about 12th, something like that. But I can't put him above the Nunos and the and the the, the, the Chris Wilders. Wilder, yeah. They've done it. We have got a much superior squad to both those teams, so we should be a little further in front of them than we are. Again, if we do this at the end of the season, it might be different because if we go on to win one of those trophies and we finish inside the top four, it will change my mind. But right now, I would say seventh is about fair. When, when I look at everyone above him, I, I couldn't sit here and honestly justify him being higher. Yeah, and it's the exact same uh, reasons, Terry. It's not digging them out because it's you know I genuinely just think those other guys have achieved it with the, the resources at their disposal. Uh, Callum, how are you thinking on this? I've got to be honest. Uh, it makes me a bit sick to to defend a Man United <laughs> manager, but surely he's got to be above Pep. Uh, I, let's be honest. Going into the beginning of the season, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was expected to be been sacked by Christmas. Mm. Man, you weren't expected to get top four. You weren't expected to win anything this season with Oli with Ollie there. The whole plan, from what I heard from Man United fans at the beginning of the season, was right. By Christmas, he'll be gone. We'll get Pochettino in, and then we'll wherever we are from there, we'll 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 finish off this season, and then next season we'll definitely challenge for the league with Poch. Oli is what a point or two outside top four, as you said, Terry. Still in the FA Cup, still in Europa. When I compare him. And his expectation to what Guardiola's was going into the season. Now, granted, position-wise, yes, Guardiola is second. However, 25 points behind any team for Man City with Guardiola is absolute failure, if you ask me. You look at how much he spent. And I know I know, Oli did spend a lot of money in the summer, but he actually recouped a lot of money as well. And I think as football fans, we almost sometimes forget that there's a difference between just going out and spending money and there's a difference between that and reinvesting money and then maybe adding to that. Yes, Maguire was a lot of money, but who else could you have gone and got that summer? There was no one else you could have got of that or that quality or similar quality. Yeah, Pep he spent 70 odd million on what was it? Rodri and then Angelino, who's, who is now sent out on loan. For me, I think Oli's got to go higher than Pep. I, I, the only issue, I've got to stay true to my own logic. And I've said this the other day, and I don't know how Liverpool fans feel about it, but Pep could go we'll on. He could, he's won the League Cup. He could go and win the yeah. FA Cup and the Champions League still this season, conceivably. Yeah. That would arguably be, be a better season than Liverpool's on in terms of trophies and success. So, again, I get where you're coming from. from a, if they were out of the FA Cup right now and out of the Champions League, he'd be 10th, 11th, because they... they, they over like 100 points and however 98 points whatever it was last season to, to be then 25 points behind you this year in the league we were just doing the league I would say yes but because we've included other people's cup runs I can't yeah. I, I can't damage my I can't like hypocritize my own logic but I do get where you're coming from I, I Pep would probably be like Kevin said I put Kevin uh, Pep around fourth in, in that point um I really want to push Ollie above 
Wilder and above Nuno. And I get your point. Oh, he's going to be sacked. This is going to happen. Um, it, it is a real tough one. And uh, but I, I'm kind of conservatively happy to keep Ollie in seventh. And 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 yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, I would love him to be first. <laughs> I want to put him first or second. I'd love to, but. I need to be honest with myself, and and he hasn't been for the entirety. He could, as I said already, he could, if we go on to win a trophy or two, who knows, and to make top four, suddenly you could argue second or third. But um, right now, sitting in seventh, see what he can do. With with yes. Rashi coming back, going to do this. We're going to do it. Just, win just just staying on that point, though, Terry, with cut runs. And again, this might sound really harsh for me to say this, but isn't it expected for City to go on these cut runs, considering the squad that they have? True. I mean, because I'm again, over, I'm happy to be overall two to one. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not looking to just have a, a kick in a pepper, and, but it's hard to know where I'm coming from, Callum, because I don't sort of give City recognition for winning the League Cup every year or for winning the FA Cup. I mean, I don't know if it's a Liverpool thing, Terry, you might think totally different. I think the domestic cups are so devalued now that. You know, I'll give them credit in the context of the, the team that's winning them. You know, if Aston Villa were to win a League Cup, fair play, it's a, it's an overachievement. City winning it every year with the squad they have, with the with the the bottomless pit draws. Of money, you know what I mean? It, yeah, the the draws. That's I mean, if you look at the Man City draws over the last few years in domestic cups, my geez, it's been. And fairness, you know, well, Oli has beaten Pep three times this season. Yeah. That's true. Beaten well as well. Pep three times this year. I, I actually, I, I don't know if this is true. I just thought about it now. I swear, Ollie's beaten Pep more times than Fergie has. Probably, I'd say so. Yeah. I don't remember beating like so. Maybe, maybe I'm I'm, I'm getting brought into the propaganda now. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do it, let's do it, let's do it. Ollie above Pep. I, 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 I you know, I'm not going to die on the hill. I'll, I'll, I'll back it. Let's do it. I don't care. I love so it. So where where are we putting Ollie? Seventh or sixth? Have you moved him up to sixth here? Yeah. We, six, okay, six. So, but who are we put in seventh then? Pep. Pep. Yeah. Ooh, we have the two of them. One and one. I, on my list, I have them one. You know, apart. Pep and Ole. I had, I had Ole in seven. I had Pep in six. But I'm happy to switch them around because I do think the the achievements. I think Man United have. You know, they, they, they've not, they're not achieving what they want to achieve, but then they're not coming from a place where we spoke about Spurs had given themselves a platform, a new stadium, a Champions League final, and absolutely the arse fell out of them. Man United should be up there, but they're not up there. And they're realistically, I don't think any of the fans think they're going to be challenging, you know, for league titles. Top four is what you want to go. And look, we were there not too long ago. You know, you get your top four, you get back into Europe, you start getting that, um, not even the money again, because money isn't, it is an issue for United, it's an issue for everyone, but they're one club that can sustain a bit of a, a run outside of the Champions League. But to get the players in, you know, I think walk before you can run nearly. So I think the expectation levels are a bit lower at United, which is a sensible approach. I think Pep, if they, Pep's brought in to win the Champions League. That, that's where he, he was brought to Bayern Munich to do. He was brought into Man City to do. And now they're still in there. But there's a lot of media going on about how Man City are now the odds-on favourites to win that. I don't really see that myself. I, I think they've been absolutely brutal this season. And nothing that I'm seeing from them is making me think they're going to waltz through Europe. But if he wins the Champions League, I, Terry, you said something that you think it'd be a 
maybe better achievement than Liverpool. Oh, I disagree, but obviously I have tinted glasses on about that. I just think it would be maybe a, a, it would save their season to a par. Do you know what I mean? Like it's they're, they're that far away in the league that they need the Champions League now to just nearly go even. So I think they're usually underachieving this season, and I'm happy to put Pep below Ole on this list. I'm I'm not I'm never going to moan about a City manager being that low. Yeah. I know the, some of the listeners might be thinking, well, maybe, you know, pandering to the United fan on the panel, but genuinely not. I think it's it's a, it's a fair enough show. I think City have been awful. I think the, the, the excuses you're hearing now, them, Gary Neville was on again today saying, you know, oh, but they lost Laporte and they didn't replace company. Well, they didn't replace company. Do you know what I mean? That wasn't, the, it, that wasn't something that was just forced on them. They chose not to replace company. And, and do you know why they didn't replace company? Because Maguire chose to play for Oli over Pep. And that's a fact. So, um, oh, well, there you go. There you Word go. Slabbed. Word on Slabbed. <laughs> <laughs> At least he got something right. So, Man City, <laughs> and then we go to Man United. So, now we're into the top five, boys, right? We've got... Yeah, it's quite easy. Got, yeah, it's, so, it's a bit... Maybe we might start to have a conversation on some of these now. So, we're left with... Um, Sheffield United with Wolves, with Chelsea, with Leicester, and with Liverpool. So who do we think has been the fifth? Chelsea for me. Yeah, Chelsea. See, I think Lampard has done a decent job with that transfer ban that they've had there. I think he's done well, but they have sort of tailed away a bit. I'd nearly have him ahead of Rodgers at Leicester. Whoa. I know. I think sure. Leicester were brilliant, and they've do, they've do it off. On they they have, yeah, they have. That's a good. That's a good point. It's the seat that the season got suspended at the right time for them. If you looked at their, yeah. their thirteen games leading up to it, they 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 are dropping like a rock. Um, mm. I, I think again, Nuno at Wolves. I, I think's been, I think's been absolutely excellent. But unlike yeah. you, know, you mentioned Oli earlier, I think Oli's last two or three months has elevated him, especially with beating City and and, go, and yeah. Bruno turnaround. You look at Rogers; it's actually gone the other way. But because yeah. nobody cares about Leicester, no one's focused. Whenever you hear the top top four races happening, Leicester are just a side dish. Oh yeah, Leicester are there, aren't they? Everyone's still thinking. Yeah, you know, I, I I thought towards the end of the season before it got suspended, I thought that Man United could potentially leapfrog both of them, like Chelsea and yeah. with the way we were playing. Um, and yeah. now it's really, really interesting because, of course, we get we get two players back that probably weren't going to return in Pogba and Rashford. So it's going to be real interesting to see how that works. But um, so what, would you put Brendan Rodgers fifth? I would, personally. I'd put Brendan Rodgers, and that'll be controversial because a lot of people might think, oh no, you know, Leicester have been up there all season and have, you know, they, they've had a great season. But, you know, we played them on around Christmas. Um, yeah. We were only back from the, the World Club and we absolutely destroyed them. But the talk was, oh, Leicester are coming after you. Is Leicester at the challenge, you know? And they've just fallen away. They've, they've really badly fallen away. Now, I just think, as I said, I just think Lampard, with what he obviously he's at a bigger club, but I think he's managed them well. Yeah, and he's inexperienced compared to Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. Brendan Rodgers has been around, what's he been managing, 10, 15 years now? Like yeah. Lampard, second season, and he lost Hazard, who is a top, top player, couldn't buy anybody. He's had to play, you know, a few average youngsters to, to both his squad. A few older men on but the he's white. Put a, he's put his faith into them. You know, he's not been afraid to give Mason Mount. I know he had him at Derby, but he's he's made him a, a sort of key player in his Chelsea team. He's he's given Tammy Abraham a run. 
where it's easy to um, disrespect, you know, the the young English strikers that have sort of been journeymen on loan and never really done it. And he's he's made him his focal point for the start of the season. Now I know he's tailed off, but you know, I think I think they've they've done okay um under the circumstances. I'd put Rogers in fifth, but I'm I'm not by any means saying that's definite. So if you guys feel that you know, maybe Frank in there would be easily swayed. That's just my my thinking on it is maybe Brendan. I think for me, it and again, the points you both make are really good. I think for me I'd put Chelsea below Leicester purely for the fact that I know Lampard had a ban but if you look at their squads I think Lampard had a better squad going into the beginning of the season than Leicester did and I didn't expect Leicester to be as high I mean Leicester was second for quite a bit of the season as well and they're now third and granted the only reason they're still in the top four is because your Man United your Arsenal's and your Chelsea's they just haven't capitalised on when they've just been faltering, but they are still there. And I think for Leicester to be third in and amongst teams such as the the quote-unquote big six, I think is testament to to Rodgers. It is, and And I suppose it comes down to the expectation thing as well, doesn't it? They weren't expected. Well, maybe a few people might have tipped them as a dark horse to get top six, and they're they're comfortable in the sense, you know, they've a bit of daylight in the in the league. Yeah. Um so I'd be look, if you want to go Lampard in, in fifth, I'm happy enough with that. You know, we can we can throw Lampard in there, throw Chelsea. He's done well, but that's all I wanted to say was that you know, I know it's easy, it's it's nearly the the years of them hoovering up all this young talent and flooding their youth teams with absolute quality players sending them out on loan, then they get a, a ban and they're able to pull back, you know, zoom it. They're able to get these guys back from loan that can go into their team. You know, it, it worked out well for him, but he's, uh, yeah, I think he, he's he's done okay. But look, we got with Chelsea in there. Fourth, are we going with Rodgers or do you think he's done more than Nuno or Wilder or Klopp? What do you think? What's the, Terry, what are you thinking on this one? I, I think expectations again. I think with Wolves, they they have a tough start with the Europa League beginning when it did. They're still in the Europa League, I believe. Um, really good run in that. They'll, they'll be, I think they'll go quite deep into that. Um, they're, they're pushing further up the league. They're in the top four race still, as an example. And yes, they've spent money over the year, but they didn't really spend much this summer. Well, well, they they permanently signed players that are already there. It wasn't like new individuals. The football's really good. I think when I saw them play yourselves, I think at Anfield, could argue they were a little bit unlucky. You had uh, Neto that, you know, marginally offside, could have got his first goal. But I've seen them give a lot of top teams really good games, as an example. So, um, yeah, I I would... It's it's a real tough one, but it's either him or Rodgers fourth and third, in my opinion. Mm. That's what I would go with. But I'm happy for either to be in any direction because there's not... I look at those... that Lampard with his situation and then I look at the other two, they're all very close. So I'm I'm kind of comfortable with any of them being sort of in that order, really. Yeah. Before we move on, before we move on, um, Stevie has put in the in the comments there about a bit of interaction with the chat. You know what it is, Stevie? I have a new camera here, so I'm not looking at me laptop camera. So my eyes, I'm, I'm all over the shop here, so I'm not giving the, the lads in the comments much... Much um much of a say, but I've been throwing one eye on it, um, and a lot of it they are agreeing. Maybe not with everything, you know what I mean. But I think um they're 
thrown out a few shouts and you know, I think we'll do our best to get a few of the comments in, but don't blame me, Stevie. I'm a novice on this of new equipment and, you know, a, a master's only as good as the tools at his disposal. And I am no master. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go then with Rogers in a four, in my opinion, because the European run as well that Nuno was got them on, they're still in the Europa League, are they? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. comfortably in there as well. So I'd go Rogers. And people again might think that's a bit harsh, but I just felt he fell off a cliff. Fuck them. And then <laughs> Wolves. <laughs> so then Wolves in next. I think we all agree there. Um Nuno, he's done a great job. You know, he's come in there. But the this is where the expectation and the investment thing comes in, in my opinion. Wolves with the George Mendes link, you know it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a, a sketchy uh, setup that they have there. Do you know what I mean? They're getting access to players that they'd have no access to. Yeah. But do they care? <laughs> do, if if you yeah. were a Wolves fan, would you care? I certainly wouldn't. Do you know what well, I mean? They, they were my clients in my previous job. I spent a lot of time at Wolves with. Uh, I was there the day that um, uh, Neves signed. I, I was there two days after uh, Nuno came in, and it's interesting. They, they again, they've got that. Uh, the, the owners have a great relationship with with Jorge Mendes, and yeah. Yeah, that, that does help them. But I suppose it's it's no different to the relationship that Man United were trying to create with Mino Ariola. They just picked the wrong kind of agent to do it. If you want an agent <laughs> yeah. to be friends with, pick a good agent, and I, I think they've done yeah. that with with, with, with Mendes. That is true. Yeah, no, it's very true. I mean, you, you made a great point there, Terry, because Man United did go into bed with me and Oriola and it's just turned sour so quick, whereas Mendes is just given, you know, the top young talents that are coming out of the Liga Norte over in Portugal or yeah. from even La Liga, you know, you've Yota and Jimenez and, you know, good, good players that are going there and yeah. they're not doing anything wrong. You know, and that's the thing. They're not doing anything wrong. People say, you know, uh, is it just a few? Is that the name of the, the company, Mendez's company or whatever? It's a conflict of interest and all that. But I think, I think they've done well. I, if I was a Wolves fan, I'd be absolutely delighted. You know, it's, they've, they've yeah. not, they've not done, uh, not having a dig at Man City, you know, with financial dope and, and what Newcastle will inevitably do. But they're, you know, that if you're a fan of a club like that and you can get to see these guys, Ruben Neves, Ruben Neves was the captain of Porto. He was linked with United and Liverpool. Yeah. And then six months later, he signed up for Wolves. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's fairy tale yeah. stuff if you're a fan. Of course. Yeah. And, and him, him and uh, Vinagra, I, I remember speaking to both of them and I said, why? Why'd you come here? And they just said, we, we'd, we'd, we wanted to play for Nuno. Nuno was offered five Champions League clubs at the same time mm. that him wow. and he chose Wolves. And uh, I remember saying, what was your rationale? And he just said, I want to, it's what, it's what, it's the conversation that put this idea of legacy into my head. And he, he was, I could go to these other champions, these other champions league clubs weren't the, the, the top table. It wasn't a, a, a Bayern or a Barca. He said, I can go there and play champions league football and maybe even win a trophy or two, but nobody would remember me in 15, 20 years. Yeah. But if I go to wolves and we create something which, which we think we can here with the vision of the new owners, 
it's something that could go down in football history. So it, it was, he, he bought into that idea and then the players were desperate to play for him because he's such a good manager. And I think that that's where, when I, I read the reports in papers, oh, it's a bit of a murky relationship. When you actually talk to the players and the manager of why they joined, it, it, it's it, more it was real. I've had that face-to-face conversation with them and I've always had, since spending so much time there, they've got a little soft spot for them. Um, yeah. and other than when they play Man United, I want them to do well. And yeah, I think, you know, the next four or five years, I, I would really watch out for Wolves. They'll, 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 they'll grow to be bigger and better than Arsenal. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think um, a lot of the comments there, the lads are saying, you know, about the players. Vinagre is a top player. I know Gav out this parish is a huge fan of Vinagre. Um, Raul Jimenez, you know, they've brought in some really good players. And it's an excellent point. That's good. It's nice to hear that, actually, Terry, that, you know, Nuno said that, that he, he could have went for yeah. bigger clubs, but he wanted to build some. You know, it, it's something that a lot of players don't, you know, look at the, the bigger picture and they'll jump at the the big shiny contract without taking a step back and thinking, right, is this the best move from your career or is it the best move from your bank balance? And to hear that he wants to build something there, it's, it's actually very nice because, you know, sometimes you go to a club like Wolves, it's a stepping stone to get to an Arsenal. And he's yeah. obviously not doing that. He's looking to build something, which is, which is great. Fair play to him. Yeah, it is. I, th- I think a lot of the players I used to speak to, you'd have those things. interesting, weird little things you learn. So, very few of them would call training or a game training or a game. They would call it, I'm going to work. So mm-hmm. could, could you come to me at three o'clock when I finish work? It, it's so professional, which I, yeah. I just wasn't expecting to hear. But a lot of them spoke about legacy. So whenever I hear kind of a Grealish to Man United and you get fans go, why would he go there when there's all these teams that are bigger and better? Because being part of a team that turns United's fortunes around gives you legendary stays. Look at, look at this Liverpool group now. Yeah. Winning major trade. Van Dijk, if you look at Van Dijk, if you look at uh, Mo Salah, Mane, Alisson, Alisson yeah. they're going to be remembered. And if if they're going to be remembered forever, and you might now yeah. go on a 20-year period where you're winning titles regularly again. And within that period, a lot of these guys won't be there then. But these, this will be the group in the team that's remembered because it's 30 years, because it's it's they brought you back to the pinnacle. And if, if you can do that, and, and United's wait ha- wouldn't be as long, Think God willing, from my point of view, it's in the next year or so, you create this and you, you dine out on it forever. You become a legend in a city and a legend within a country. And when you're, when it's as big as the Liverpool or Man United, you get global uh, recognition. And this means something to players because they know they're going to become millionaires. They know that already. They know they're going to score goals. They know they're going to win trophies. Yeah. But when they're 60, 70 years old and they turn and, and they walk through Liverpool, when they turn up for a game, people are going to remember Van Dyke's face. Not even to the day he dies. They're going to remember Van Dyke forever. We still sing George yeah. Best songs. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. and he's been dead 15 odd years and he hasn't played for us since the 70s, but we still sing his name because it's yeah. true legacy. And that's what these players want. And I think that's what, uh, and when you, they say that to your face, it's a case of that makes sense why certain transfers happen because yeah. I've got an opportunity there to do something that I can't do with this better team because I'm just going to be a, a small fish in a gigantic pond here. I've got a chance. So sorry, I thought I got a bit of a tangent, but I, I thought I explained. No, 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 at all. No, I love a tangent here. I love, and as Owen Borg says, Nuno has a quality beard as well, which is always a plus point uh, in any of these sort of things. So look, Wolves have have done great, you know, and it's nice to get a bit of insight, Terry, from you know what was going on at the club. You know, it, it sort of maybe highlights what we all suspected in any way. So yeah, that's that's nice. We'll move on and we'll go to number two now. There's not really any doubt on where this is going, and <laughs> but Chris Wilder has had, you know, when you read about him and you hear him and you read about his career, 
it's absolutely madness, absolute madness what they're getting up to there. You know, even even when he he plays Liverpool there and he brings some training in Stanley Park, you know what I mean? Like on on a, a pitch outside the stadium, his his methods are just so outside the box that it, it baffles you how he's so successful. But the fella is doing something right there. What what is what is that take on him, Callum? What what are you thinking about him? I think they're brilliant. I really do think they're brilliant. I mean, you look at some of their players and their players aren't household names, but you look at, yeah. I really like um, Stevens at left Great back, for example. Yeah. Like if someone said to me right now, right, who can you go and get as, as viable competition for Robbo? Stevens is one of the players on the list for me because his stats are really good. When you actually watch him play as well, he's, He's, he makes such an impact on the way they play. You look at someone like Ludstrom in the middle of the park as well. Mm. And just the cohesiveness and chemistry in the team. And you don't hear about them in the news. You don't hear about anything Wilder does outside. You just hear about them training. You watch them play, hardworking, honest group of players with good talent, but they've just got the right blend and the right mix. And to see them come up and perform like this is... The last time I've, I think I've seen a club come up and perform like this was probably Ipswich back in like 2000, 2001. Mm. So I think what they're doing is absolutely exceptional. One of the things before I get let Hardy have a say that absolutely strikes me about, about Sheffield United is they've only about six players that are from, you know, outside of Britain and Ireland. And they, I think they signed three or four of them in January. So their squad only had uh, Mo Besic and Liz Musa, I think, were the only uh, yeah. non-British players in their squad. But the way he plays, he's playing three, I don't know, what, three, four, three, centre-backs that overlap, full-backs who are always on the attack. Like He's doing things that other managers just aren't doing or don't trust players that were lower league players. John Lundstrom, I mean, he's gone up, he's gone through the legs to get where he is. He's had to fight and work hard. You know, they're not top technical players that are doing this and he's getting every inch out of them. Terry, what are you thinking about them? Yeah, if if Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool hadn't, if they were top but you hadn't have done the madness you had, I would put, if you were now top with, I don't even know what you're top with, Let's just say you were top now with 65 points. Yeah. As an example, I would put Chris Wilder at number one yeah. because that's so, what he achieved. Is, is you, Jürgen Klopp's just gone too far. But it's I, I don't even understand. I haven't studied it enough to understand this overlapping fullbacks thing, but yeah, I, I kind of get that they, 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 go, they go in front of where the fullbacks are. The technical players, there's no real pace in their team either. No. I watched their team play and I watched them play yourselves and I just thought, oh, if they had a bit of speed... It was time they could have got inside and and whatever, and they didn't do it. But he's a brilliant manager, and I think what there's two, there's two things there. There's this. I think there's a cultural war within football, and I think it stems from wider society where kind of British northern managers, especially northern managers, yeah, uh, they, they, we look down our nose on British managers. Not good enough. Not yeah. this. Not that. And I think that's because we go for the same stereotypical British managers that have failed at the highest level in the Premier League, but they keep getting jobs. Yeah. I think you start going to the lower levels. Now, if you go into Championships, League One, League Two, teams play football. You know, my, my, two of my brothers are Leighton Orient fans, and uh, God rest his soul, um, when, uh, well, I forgot his name, uh, just Edinburgh passed away. You know, they, they were raving about the kind of football he was playing. And yeah. it's, if you, I'm not saying we have to have more 
British managers in the Premier League. I'm not really that kind of person. I, but if there are, I think they, I think there are better managers in the lower levels than what we like than what we have yeah. near, near the top. But it's because I oh, he's an ex Premier League player, so he's going to get an opportunity at the high. And I've heard a lot of. I listen to talk sport quite a bit and there's been some argument. I think Frank Lampard said something once around, he doesn't mind getting his hands dirty in the lower levels first before going into the premier league. And there was a lot of lower level managers that were a little offended by that in the sense of, what do you mean dirty your hands? Do you know how good we are down here? We just don't yeah. get the opportunities at the highest level. And I think Chris Wilder is, you know, maybe could show a few of the premier league clubs. Look, it hasn't worked with, you know, Watford it hasn't worked with these three, these four managers, Maybe go look at a League One, League Two sides. Look how they're playing football. The only issue you have is can players of a higher level respect somebody that's never been at their level? Mm. Um, and I think what Chris Wilder has got is that man management, which doesn't get spoken. Jurgen Klopp has got it. Pep has got it in a different way. Fergie had it in. Fergie's man management was better than his tactical ability, in my yeah. view. That's why yeah. he had tactical number two. He leaned on the assistants all the yeah. time. And yeah. on a way, he's, I, I have heard some people say that he was like awful, like no tactical now. So, of course, he had tactical now. So, I'm just yeah. saying. The man management was better. Uh, some, yeah. In some respects, I think Jurgen Klopp's man management is even better than his um, uh, tactical side of things, which is also brilliant. But I think with Wilder, he's got great man management and everybody listens to him. Uh, we're going to overlap the fullbacks. Yeah. You're mad. A bit, okay, I'll <laughs> you know, you're going you're to stay in this position for me today. Okay, we'll do that. And I think that's the, there's, that's the you've got to have the tactical now, but then you've got to allow people to buy into you. And interestingly, I watched a, a podcast and I couldn't understand what they were saying. I had to read the subtitles and it was um, Van Arnholt with another Dutch player driving around somewhere in Holland in a podcast talking football. And I think they both played for Sam Allardyce at some stage. Yeah. And they basically, they did laugh at his training methods and style of football. They just said that like, because obviously they're Dutch and the Dutch don't, they play one way. Right. And they're sort of yeah. like, you know, long ball hit and run, hit the channels. And they kind of laughed at it, but then they were like, but what a man the way he treated yeah. us, the way he elevated us, the way he had our backs, the way if, you, if I needed something, he'd let me have it. And he, he tells a story about where he had to go back home. I think his dad, uh, Van Hart, his dad wasn't well or something. And he's like, look, absolutely go. Um, take as long as you need. Let me know. Let me know when you're coming back. He said, within two days I was coming back. But it, it was just like, I had so much respect for the man. And that's where I, I like Sam Allen. He says a few funky things on radio now, but players loved him. And I think that's what you need. And Wilder has that in abundance where, He's got some tactical nails, but I think the players buy into him. I think they love him. I think they'd run for a brick wall. And if you get those two things together, and it's yeah. why number one is number one, and you get tactical nails and someone who's a good person, and it's why Jose's finished now. I don't think yeah. about Jose's uh, dinosaur football. I've come to a conclusion for me, there's nothing wrong with Jose's tactics. Is that no one likes him anymore. And yeah. no one buys into him. And I think that's what Wilder's great at, that, that people love him. And what I would love to see is a few more years there. And then I'd like to see a, a bigger Premier League team go uh, come in and show us what you can do. And I'm not sure the size of team. I mean, he'd almost be like a really good first appointment for someone like Newcastle uh, bef before they build up their squad or something like that. But we'll see. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, we spoke earlier about Moyes and, you know, um, the Mark Hughes getting the Southampton job and it was the same old faces, you know, the failed managers getting rehashed and getting the jobs again. When you have got the likes of Wilder out there and you mentioned Justin Edinburgh and I've seen someone in the chat mentioned um, Lee Johnson at Bristol City and then those others like yeah, Danny Cowley, is that his name? Danny Cowley um, at Lincoln, one of them um, lower league teams as well. Uh, Carl Robinson at Oxford. Like, there's good managers down in the lower leagues that have sort of progressive ideas, but they just don't seem to get the chance. You know, they don't, the, the, the British managers now, you've got the Deutsch, you've got Eddie Howe, you know, and I don't know, they're, they're so stagnating 
it's it's not going to open up the opportunity. They're going to morph into the the Moises and the Allardyces and you know Harry Redknapp, another man who got the motivational side of it spot on, maybe more so than the tactical end of it. But you know, it'll be interesting to see if they do go down that road of world that does open a few doors. But look. Yeah. I think it's chicken and egg. I get the argument of if Wilder or any of those managers went to a big club, could they attract players? And I, I do get that argument, but that's where the clubs have to be strong because there's yeah. this element of we're picking the right guy. We know he can play the football we want. You, as the current squad, will listen to him. And he is a Liverpool man. I think he's almost pushed. And that's where the clubs have got to make the right appointment. You know, you yeah. think we think of Moyes at our club. You think of... Uh, Roy Hudson where you are it's hard for the current players to buy into him let alone signing people and you've yeah. got to get those balances right and I think that if your team's got a philosophy in the same way Southampton do Liverpool clearly have now with the way that FSG have appointed your last two managers it's about picking someone that can pick up that mantle where we went wrong with Moyes is he is nothing like Fergie and I know that Fergie was part of that decision but it's just it's a clusterfuck because yeah you need to keep moving in the same direction rather than digging up the foundations every time you want to change manager and starting again because you waste six or seven years. But yeah, it'll be interesting yeah. to see where he goes next, no doubt. Yeah, looking in the comments there, a few people are asking where world that goes next and someone's after throwing in Dortmund. It's good to, why not? You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's maybe they're looking for, um, you know, the Dortmund certainly look for managers that, that do think outside the box and, you know, if they're looking, that's that's not a bad shout at all. But you know, yeah. he's he's done. He's had a great season. He's done well, and with not sort of no prolific strikers as well. Like when you think of what they've done, I thought that yeah. McGoldrick get a goal for them this season. It's been a mad old year for them. But fair play, he's done well. And Terry, you did say something there. If it wasn't for how much that Liverpool are after sort of blown the arse off this league, Wilder would have been number one. Definitely, you know, yeah, yeah without a doubt, without a doubt. But yeah, you can't. I know we're going to go on to that now. You can't take away from what Klopp and Liverpool achieved. Only, only yeah. a fool, only a fool would do that. Yeah, exactly. And it's again, we're not. We're going to move on to to Klopp now and in, in number one. It's not, you know, our Liverpool pod, and let's all talk about how great our manager is. But we really have, you know, the, we've the perfect manager for a club because of the what you've said there, the tactical side of it that he does, but the man management and the emotional. He sucks in. It's it's the perfect fit, you know. Liverpool and Klopp is the perfect fit. The fans love him, you know. We got he got mocked for getting the players to applaud the crowd after two all draw with West Brom. But what he was doing there was he was setting a uh, planting the seed, planting the seed that you don't live here till the end. And it, it worked, and it, it was foolish at the time, but it, it's everything was a plan, and it's one of the criticisms I sort of had with. Maybe with Ole at the start, was I didn't feel there was any plan or any any direction. What was he? I think he might change that a bit now. But it's one thing that Klopp has had all along. He's had a vision and he's had a plan and he stuck with it. And we've seen the sort of year on year progression. We got to the Champions League final. We got beaten by Madrid. Could have fell off a cliff like Spurs did, but now we went on. We won it the next year. We're also getting ninety. 96, 97 points, was it, in the league? Yeah. 97 points in the league, which was outrageous. The third highest all-time total, and you don't win the league. That could have been something that might have knocked them, but now Klopp gets them going again and gets them breaking all sorts of records. The man management side of what he does, 
it must be an absolute joy to, to play from now terry i'm gonna come to you on this as a man united fan and i'm not trying to get you to say how brilliant he is you've already said sort of <laughs> what you think of him and it's you know it's it, to say anything else is a bit foolish but you know to have that sort of a manager your players must be queuing up to play from uh, undoubtedly if, if i look at it from my point i used to kickbox with team gb and there are certain coaches and certain instructors that I had that to this day, I'm not done. I'm not fought for 10 years, but I would still walk over glass for, and I know now could push me to, to do things that I maybe didn't feel like I could do. And we've all had those great teachers that, you know, you're a school teacher that you still now you're like, I, would, I call you, sir. I still respect you in this. If you told me to sit down, I'd probably say yes, because yeah. I've got that deep level of respect for you. And I think that that's what Jurgen Klopp has. And I, I, it can't be taught. It can't be trained. You can't go on a course to learn to do this. I tried my hand at management in, 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 in work and in business. I did okay, but I didn't have the, I didn't have the patience for people, um, especially people that couldn't get or, or didn't understand what we were trying to achieve. It's such a unique skill, leadership. It's about The most important thing is about delegation and empowerment. And what yeah. Klopp does so wonderfully well is – it's one no bad habits going to get into that dressing room because he's given the power to the players. He is the, he's the nice guy to everybody Yeah, when he needs to be, but it will be if someone, let's just say a new player turns up and they're slacking a bit in training. It's going to be Henderson, Van Dyke, Allison, Mane, Salah. They're going to grab mother's scruff and they can tell him what he shouldn't, shouldn't be doing. Yeah. And that's, that's the art of, but, it's, but people will say things like, well, that's not him leading, is it? No, it is because you're empowering your people to lead oh. through you. And that's what great leaders do. It's about having adopters. You get early adopters and you get full adopters. And once people are pushing it for you and people are out there. So I do it in my day job where I, I build great relationships with top level consultants. They then sell my product for me, which means I spend all my week not selling. I just turn up yeah. and kind a contract, but it's, it's, you plant the seed early and it moves along. And I think that, uh, he has got it absolutely right. He knows how to do it. People love him and they work for him and they listen to him, but the players are bought in. And now that the players, and it's come to fruition. And as soon as you won that champion, I said, last, this is what I said this before your Champions League final last year. I said the same thing about Spurs as well. I said the team that wins it is going to go on to something special. I felt the team that loses it could drift apart because there could be an element of, oh, it just isn't going to work for us. With Liverpool being in there, what, third final on the clock, there's an element yeah. of, are you ever going to happen? And I know, look, none of us will never ever know the answer. Some will say absolutely not, but most people didn't think Spurs were going to drop off a cliff either. And I think that galvanized you and you are where you are. And as long as the transfer business is good, which I think there's no signs that it will not be, this Liverpool team could stay very, very potent for the next three or four years. And my only hope is that you don't do a treble. Hmm. or you don't win four titles back to back. I just it's great I can't deny how great you are. I just hope you don't create create a club achievement in that period that United haven't done in the Premier League era. As long as you don't in terms of trophies, as long as you don't do that, I will walk away from it feeling as possible. Yeah. Callum. what do you think about? Yeah, um Terry loved the honesty first and foremost. Uh, I love that. Um yeah. I've got to be honest, I love Klopp. Um, when we were getting Klopp, I was 50-50 on him because obviously he had the a few losses in finals. Plus, we're also linked at it was between him and Ancelotti, wasn't it? Mm. And at the time, I thought Ancelotti might have been better for us at the time because I wanted us to have instant success. Looking back, Klopp, without a shadow of doubt, is the right man. And without 
waxing lyrical about his, his Liverpool uh, career and legacy up till now. I'm just going to focus on this season and to have a team finish on 97 points and not win the league last season. It would have been very easy to have a group of players that felt sorry for themselves and go into this season and think, oh, well, you know, we'll just give it our best. But we gave we, we gave it our best last season and still fell short. For him to now come back a season later and again, not add any real big players in terms of players who could walk into the first team. He, he added Adrian, Seth Vandenberg and Harvey Elliott. Two of those are youth players and one was bought as a backup to replace yeah. our, our backup keeper that left. Obviously, because of Alisson's injuries, Adrian's played a lot more football than any of us thought he would. But to inspire the team to go again and to do what we've done in the league, what was it, 27 games before we were beaten, I think we have, we've broken the record for the best league start in any, anywhere yeah. in the world. Um, most wins on the bounce I think it was over a calendar year without losing a, a Premier League game phenomenal and I say that especially nowadays where you you see we got beat by Watford any team can beat any team in this Premier League we've seen it with Norwich and Man City we've seen it with Watford and Liverpool so again not to disrespect the Arsenal Invincibles but the season and the league wasn't as hard then as it is now so uh the achievements aren't even comparable. Yes, they went on, yeah. but it's, it's again, this is the thing I look at when it comes to great teams. I, I've got a rule for, for great team. Well, great managers. First of all, you're not a great manager at the elite level until you've won back-to-back titles and a champions league. Now Klopp has won back-to-back titles in his career. And he's now won the champions league. He's in, he's in that space. Wenger doesn't qualify. And I've always had that metric in my own mind. And when I look at great teams, you win multiple trophies in seasons or you win, three or four years in the bounce, you're winning trophies. Liverpool are about to do that and you're not going to stop. The invincible team, they won what they did that one year and that was it. And yeah. and it's 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 a good it's a great Premier League achievement. But when you think about Man United's treble winning team, Man United's sort of 07 to 09 teams that won that both of them are yeah. above as an example. I even yeah. would double the Chelsea winning. team. The Chelsea the, team the as Chelsea well. Oh four oh five is in front of them. Your team this year it, Man City's current team, like that's just to name a few. I even put Arsenal double winning team in '98 above the Invincible team because yeah. I value tro- trophies. Is what it's all about at the end of the day. This I remember shouting down, having arguments with Liverpool fans two or three years ago, where it was like, no, "I'd rather play great football than win trophies." And it's like, no, "You're lying." I, I know you're lying um, because yeah. you haven't won very many in, in th- the last 10, 15, 20 years. So yeah. you're just saying that, like, once you're a great team, you would not swap. Imagine your football could be even better than it is, but you don't win anything. What a weird, it's a weird notion. And I think that's the yeah. thing that, that, that people have got into their heart. It's all about the style of football. It isn't. It's nice to have yeah. brilliant football, but I would take Jose. If, if we had to, if Jose was still here, but we were winning major trophies, I wouldn't care. I just want to win those yeah. trophies. I'm, uh, well, well yeah. sorry to cut you, Terry. Put it this way. Uh, before Coutinho left, dare I say, it, that's the best attacking Liverpool side I've seen in my lifetime. You had Coutinho, Salah, Mane, Firmino. And they were, they were, just running through teams. The team we've got now, attacking-wise, isn't as good as the team attacking-wise then. But we've won a Champions League and we're about to win a, a Premier League trophy. So yeah. what, what you, do you take? You, you, you've got to compromise a little bit. You've got to compromise it's, a little it's bit. It's like your midfield. It's like your midfield. On paper, like individually, they're, they're good players. Actually, I think Fabinho's world-class. I love him. 
get, doesn't get the respect that he deserves in that position. But uh, Genie's very good. And and Henderson's a good... I mean, I wouldn't even... I always find it weird that he's player of the year. I wouldn't even say he's... I think I would say out of your main starting 11, I'd put him 11th in terms of best. Like, I, and that isn't disrespecting. I think I just think everybody else is better than him, right? Um, but as a unit, it's amazing. And and this is what where people get really confused between individual brilliance and the, the overall quality of a football team. And it's you're not watching tennis or, or MMA. You're talking about a football team and, and, and how they can yeah. work together. And, you know, for me, I would take a 7 out of 10 player who makes my system 10 out of 10 over a 10 out of 10 player who's hit and miss every week. And people that don't, again, these individualist fans we get nowadays, they're very strange beings. I'm not sure, you know, maybe they didn't eat at a table growing up or, or you know, maybe... <laughs> I don't know what happened in that upbringing, right? And I'm keeping it on 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 on, on a funny sense, but there's like you, I don't get people that watch football from an individual point of view and sport a player. It's very strange. Um, yeah, if my, my kid do that, they're being adopted straight <laughs> up. Well, well, look at look at the um, Real Madrid team of all the Galacticos. Whether they win, yeah. Very little. They still, they still had like Solari and all these guys, Makaleli in there to do all their running and all that. Well, they got rid of, they got rid of Makaleli, didn't they? Got rid of Makaleli. Yeah, exactly. That's where it all went wrong, you know. And you can overlook that sort of thing. Listen, lads, well, I won't keep us too much longer because we were, I think we're up to about an hour and a half now, and it's been great. I'm just going to run through our final table, right? So we'll start from the bottom, the useless, right? So we've Spurs in at twentieth, Everton at nineteen, West Ham at eighteen, Arsenal seventeen. Watford at 16, Norwich 15, Bournemouth at 14, Brighton at 14, Villa 12, Southampton 11. Into the top 10, top of the pop style. We've got Palace in at number 10. We've Burnley in at 9. Surprise entry, Newcastle at 8. We've another surprise, we've Man City at 7. We've got Ole at the wheel at 6. We've Chelsea at 5, Leicester at 4, Wolves at 3, Sheffield United at 2, and Liverpool at 1. Lads, it's been, an, I've enjoyed this chat. It's been a great chat. It's been a bit of fun, lighthearted, but it's, I've really enjoyed it. It's a pity Grizz wasn't able to stay with us, but um, I'm sure we'll we'll get him again another time to do it. Uh, the technology has given up on him, he said. But um, I just want to thank you for coming on, lads. Callum, thanks very much for giving us the time tonight to come on and have this chat. No, pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thanks very much for inviting me. Really appreciate it. Thank no, you. Not at all. You can find Callum on the Coppish podcast. Look her up. It's it's well worth um well worth getting onto the YouTube channel there. It's great Thank stuff. You. And Terry, again, thanks very much for coming on. I know it's not easy coming on to the Liverpool pod, but we appreciate you doing it. Uh, it's, good, it's, good. it's always I love I that's why I changed for being a dedicated United channel. I love talking to other teams about their clubs. And it's nice to have a civil conversation where you can say something yeah. and people are not getting salty and offended. But no, no, absolute pleasure coming on. Thanks for having me. No problem. And we can people can find you on the football terrace, is it? The football terrace pod? Yes, mate. Football terrace. We stream like three times a day. We're always on. So yeah, come check us out. Excellent, excellent stuff. Listen, um, thanks again. And to everyone in the comments, so I know it wasn't uh given uh, too much like I said technical issues my camera is pointing in a different direction but uh, we were following up I know Gav jumped in and he was keeping an eye on it there and I'm getting threatened with a slap now and all for something but I'm sure I deserved it so uh, look thanks for joining us and it was a pleasure having the lads on and we'll see you all again soon Introducing Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer blending the smooth creamy nitro taste of Guinness with hints of coffee chocolate and caramel Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer, your new favorite part of the day. 
Look for it where Guinness is sold. Must be 21 and over to purchase. Please enjoy responsibly. Diageo Beer Company, New York, New York. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Sports Social Podcast Network.